Over the course of the last 20 years, I've invested over £50,000 in self-development courses, books, CD sets, DVDs, coaches, and every possible thing you could imagine. This episode is all about what works and what doesn't. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. My name's Alan Donegan and I have with me, as always, my business partner, Simon Payne. I wouldn't miss this for the world, Alan. You're this here. is the life changer. I am here. I'm not going anywhere else. Not when you're talking about this stuff. This is the game changer, isn't it? This has been the game changer for me. This is the thing that's had the biggest impact on my life is learning from other people who've done what I wanted to do and who have taken time to boil it down. But it's also an industry, as we discussed in the first episode, that has a bit of a scammy reputation. And I think if I go back to my first experience with this stuff. I think I mentioned this to you before. Grow Rich While You Sleep was the first book I read. I was about 15. It was by an American guy called Ben Sweetland. And it was a bit weird, but it opened me up to, uh, well, certainly it felt weird as a 15 year old. I don't know if it would feel weird again now. I need to read you it again. But I think, it. Yeah, I know it'd be interesting. But you know, you're right. You sort of go, if you take that statement at face value, grow rich while you sleep, it automatically sounds like it's the thing that my dad always said to me, if it sounds too good to be true, son, it probably is. And it's finding the right path in a world which is worth a few billion, I would imagine. I don't know what the numbers are, Alan, you probably do. But finding that path, which is a path that you're not going to get ripped off, a path that feels authentic, and a path that's going to ultimately accelerate you to leading a happier and successful life. This is all about version 2.0 and 3.0 and being the best possible versions of ourselves, isn't it? It is. And it's crafting who you want to be and creating the character, the motivation, the beliefs and the ideas and developing the you that you actually want to be and giving yourselves the skills to be successful in this world. That's the whole point. And the point of this episode too is to share what we've been on that worked, what didn't work would we do it again and reinvest that much money in doing it? And how does it work? And I think that's the point of this episode. Let's, so let's start on one of the biggest players in this $13 billion a year industry. One of the biggest players is Tony Robbins. And you and I have been on Unleash the Power Within, which is his three-day event that he runs around the world. Not only have we been on it, I've been on it twice, but we also took quite a lot of the pop-up team along as well. So tell me, what was your experience of Unleash the Power Within, Simon? That's a great question, Al. And I was going to make a joke and go, Tony who? But obviously, you know, you've done my legs on that one now because you've told everyone that we've been. But yeah, no, it's a fascinating one. And I think it's a sort of a mixture of a daytime sober rave. I mean, it's jam-packed with value. There's also an awful lot of stuff around it that I didn't like, which is you do feel like you're getting sold to and you are, you know, for, yeah, for big chunks of it. But I think in terms of value, and I think it cost us around 600 pounds, didn't it? Something it was like about that. 800 pounds ahead, seven to 800 pounds ahead. Right. So for the four of us, 
we're spending £2,400 on that one three-day event. Yeah, it's four days. I think it was four, four days. Four days. That's it. Yeah, it was Thursday to Sunday. And the Thursday started a bit later in the day. But I remember the Friday, Saturday and Sunday, they were starting quite early in the morning. And certainly Friday and Saturday night finished around one, two in the morning. So if you take out the several hours of being sold shit that you don't really want, that happened. But actually, it's sandwiched by some incredible value. And I came out of that and it did feel like life would never be the same again, which is one of those taglines. Would you do it again? Yes, I'm actually thinking I would go again. I'm also thinking I would take several of my friends. That would be my gift to them was come on this event with me. I'm a little bit worried that it would scare people off. And I think what I have discovered is that people find one thing they don't like about something and then they taint the whole thing with that same one thing. That's actually human nature. What I have managed to do, and I don't know how I did this, but what I've managed to do is go, I just want one thing that works. And if I get value out of that, I can forget that I've been sold to because I have the choice to say no. And I can just focus on what I get value of. And I would definitely go again. I mean, just the experience of being part of 10,000 people going out into the car park at XL in London at 11 o'clock at night to do a firewalk. And they're spreading coals across the ground and you're walking across hot coals. And my one, you're going out there and the way you do it is you clear your mind, you focus and you have a mantra to repeat, which is cool moss, like you're walking across cool moss. So I'm walking up to the front of the line going cool moss, cool moss, cool moss. And the guy at the front of the line stops me and goes, wait. And then they lay out fresh hot coals just for me. This wheelbarrow of coals comes out, red sparks fly everywhere, and I am no longer thinking cool moss. I'm thinking, holy, (laughs) what am I going to do here? And the guy's, okay, you'll go. Yeah, I paid him. I gave him 10 quid to give you hot coals. (laughs) Thanks, dude. (laughs) But that's the kind of life-altering experience that you don't get from reading the book. And I think there is a difference going on the real course. And to some of our listeners, £800 is not going to be a lot. And they're going to go, fine, I'll go for three or four days, see what it's about. I'll spend £800. But for other people, £800 is a lot of money. Uh, In dollars, that's about $1,200. And it depends where you are. I definitely think there is value going to the course and getting the experience, being surrounded by those people and doing the exercises that is way beyond what I ever got from the books based on the same course. I found the books really hard going and I'm I'm a great reader. I love to read. And I found the book was interesting, but I struggled my way through it. And there were sort of moments of, wow, that's brilliant. You know, I kind of eye opening stuff, but actually the whole experience was something different. And, and I'd actually forgotten about the firewalk. Actually that when I think about UPW, I don't think about the firewalk and you just reminded me of it. And it definitely was a moment. But the thing that I think about is, The most impactful bit was realizing that it's possible to have really, really high amounts of energy for very, very long periods of time. And this is perhaps true of any of the things that we're going to chat about. You only get the value out of them for the stuff that you put in. And I know that's a a real cliche, but the advice at the start of that thing was play full out. And I definitely took that to heart because if I, for one second, 
spent any moment of my brain thinking about the things that made me feel uncomfortable, the things that I didn't think were really me, the sales pitches that were going to irritate me throughout. If I let that in at any point, then I would have not had anywhere near the value out of that event that I would have done. And I think you know, just going there completely open-minded, going there to, to, to say no, like you say, you've got a choice to say no to the sales pitches. All of these sales pitches I took it as an opportunity to learn, like, how are they selling this stuff? How are they structuring the story? You know, that's, I'm looking at it from, this is an extra thing for me to learn, not an extra thing for me to get sucked into paying. I don't need this stuff in my life. But I definitely went with the mindset of, I know that dancing with strangers at 8.30 in the morning with about 9,000 other strangers or whatever the numbers were that day is going to make me feel very uncomfortable. This is not what I do. I have a very British mindset. I'm already, I'm already apologizing for being there. Do you know what I mean? But actually it was that, and it took me a couple of days to really get into it. But then when Nirvana is being played at eight in the morning and you start dancing around like an idiot, I felt great. And that, felt that's amazing. the thing that I remember. Yeah. The energy, the buzz. And you're right. I say this at our pop-up business school courses. This course is like a refrigerator. You only get out what you put in. And if you go to these things with the right attitude and put in massive energy and try the exercises, some of them will work for you. Some of them won't. Some of the stuff will hit you because you're at the right point of life. Some of it won't. And I know there's been messages I've heard in my 20s that I thought this is a load of rubbish. But actually in my 30s, when I've come back to it, it hit me and I go, now I understand it. And there is a bit of, are you ready for the message? Not just, is it the right message? I think that's a really important bit. So you've got UPW by Tony Robbins. We've spent seven, eight hundred pounds, a thousand bucks a head to go to that. I would say it had an incredible impact on our worlds and gave us a lot of skills, ideas and tools that we use to this day. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I would do it again, for sure. It sounds like maybe we should all go as a podcast group. <laughs> maybe we get a group discount if we take everyone who listens to the podcast with us. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> who knows? If you're listening to this, Tony, send me a link. We'll do a deal. We'll all come along. Right, let's go on to the second one, Simon. And this one is really interesting. This thing called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which has a real mixed reputation, as with a lot of things in this world. Some of it is genius. Some of it is being disproven by science since. And there's all sort of mixed opinions on it. Tony Robbins was one of the first self-development books I ever read. And he actually accredited some of the ideas he had in that book to the founder of NLP, Richard Bandler. And having read that, I was like, Richard Bandler, excellent. I'll get his book. His books were tough. NLP books I found quite hard. But then... Eventually, I paid for myself to go on my first NLP course. And I dove straight in. I did the two-week mega course, which was the NLP practitioner and master practitioner all in one go. Hardcore. Yeah, I went hardcore. (laughs) I don't do things by half. If you're listening to this podcast, you should know this about me. If I say I'm going to do it, we're going to do it. So I went full in. I invested many, many thousands of pounds on this course, and it was back in... I think it was 07, 06, 2006, 2007, and did this two-week course with an NLP trainer called Janice Erickson. And it changed my life completely, completely changed my life. Helped me build confidence, 
give me skills that I've used today. Uh, and I think it was one of the most valuable investments of time and energy I made at that point. It was been incredible. What was the juice in it that had such an impact, do you think? I've th- never heard you describe it like that before. What was the thing that you really got from it the most? What was the real kicker? There were so many different pieces. One of the biggest was beliefs and a way to think about what you believe and to look at your beliefs and decide whether they're useful or valuable or not, and then change them if they help you and get rid of them if they don't. To give you an example, we can all believe, like I'm sure you've got data points in your past or references to say people are good. Some people help you, people are kind, they support you, they give you support. Have you got references to believe that people are good, Simon? I have many. Yes. And then you could also, I'm sure you've got plenty of data points that say people can be quite evil, people can be bad. And you have lots of data points and references that say people are bad. Do you have many of those in your past? Many. (laughs) Many. And actually, what it comes down to is you could persuade yourself to believe people are good or people are bad. And neither is correct. It's a bit of both. But which is the most useful belief to operate in the world? What's going to lead to long-term happiness and success? And for me, it's charging out into the world, believing that people are good, trustworthy and honest, because 99.9% of them are. And there's the 0.1% who are not. Uh, They do seem to circulate quite a lot, but nearly everyone wants to do good and wants to be a good person. So I choose to believe people are good and I go in with an open heart every time. That belief is not right or wrong. It's just the one that helps me to be successful in the world. And that, like deciding my own beliefs, building my own belief system that helps me to be successful in life and not seeing things as factual or not, like that changed everything. And one of their suggestions was borrow the beliefs of successful people and try them out for a few weeks. So here's a bunch of beliefs that successful people have. And I looked at some of them and went, these are uncomfortable. That's not what I believe. And I tested them and tried them. And sure enough, I got different results in my life. And I was like, I'm keeping those. They are good beliefs. They create impact. I'll have them. And that model of changing bad beliefs and choosing your beliefs and deciding your own operating system was incredibly powerful. I had a similar experience. I probably wouldn't use the word belief. My experience of NLP was, it sounds daft looking back now, but the thing that struck me the most was that you have control over your thoughts. And I think up until that moment, my thoughts were my thoughts. And those are my thoughts. And that's how I operate in the world. But wait a minute. What if the thought is a recurring one? What if the thought is about a bad experience? You know, I had 10 years as a cop. I got one or two stories that make me the life and soul of the party at certain events and also make me the social pariah at other events. I got some really interesting stories. And they, you know, when I went on, uh, in fact, it was a more of an NLP introductory course that you I dragged you along. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say invited, but no, you did drag me. Get the Life You Want by Richard Bandler and Paul McKenna was the event in London, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a two-day event, wasn't it, over a weekend. In a hotel, the, the, the things that I can remember from that event, the room in the hotel had the worst carpet I've ever seen. I left that event a different person to the one that arrived. And I think my experience of that was that 
for an entry level first time you go to a personal development event that would be the thing that i would say to people to like if you're not sure about this stuff and you want you want to experiment with it that to me was my first personal development course that i'd been on because i've been a relentless developer for most of my life but it's been in the professional space not in the personal space and i think going to that event looking back i was on i was definitely in a bit of a pickle i didn't know that i was in a pickle and i met bandler just before he went on stage and i saw him sat on his own having a coffee i thought this is an opportunity that i'm never ever going to get again actually i've had it several times since but in that moment i thought wow i've got the the co-founder of nlp is there on his own I could go and chat to him. So I, I nervously sort of sidled up to him. And, and at that moment, I'd convinced myself that I was suffering from PTSD and I had all these other things as a result of, um, of the days of being a cop. And I said to him, excuse me, Dr. Bandler, please, can I ask you a question? And he said, you just have. And I thought, all right, this isn't going very well. This isn't the, <laughs> that's not the result I was looking for. So then I thought, okay, I need to have another go at this one. So that, okay, I'm going to ask you a better question. He said, you're getting warmer. (laughs) (laughs) And we had this interaction and in a moment I started to sort of disclose to him, like, I think I'm suffering from PTSD. I've, you know, these horrific events and there's one in particular that, that I keep thinking about. And he started looking at his watch and then he was looking past me, you know, like in the distance almost like I was the most boring individual that he'd ever come across. And to be true, he was probably right. But I was thinking to myself, I was processing it going, aren't you supposed to be some sort of doctor of psychology or something? Like you've written a load of books about how to help people. Can't you at least pretend that you're a tiny bit interested that I might be struggling with my mental health a little bit? Of course, knowing what I know now, and I learned very quickly, the guy was reprogramming me in the moment. And it was that I think I came away from that event feeling euphoric that actually I've got control over this stuff. The things that I've been doing to myself were stupid and I need to stop doing stupid things. That was my experience of So what did he say in that moment? He's staring past you. You've spotted him staring past you. Did you stop talking? Did you continue to waffle? Yeah, you, you know that moment when you when you realise it's happening. I I started to sort of uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, <laughs> and then I said to him, he said, "Well, Paul McKenna said something in the last session." Then he interrupted me and he said, well, "You're going to have to ask him about that." And I thought, "Shit, I'm running out of questions here. I don't know what I'm going to say." And then he stopped and then he delivered a sentence. It had five or six words in it, which was something along the lines of. You're choosing your thoughts. Which thoughts do you choose? I know which ones I would choose. It was something like that, you know. And then he just sort of walked off. And then since then, obviously, I I dove in and I did the full course and read a few of the books. I actually found the books a little bit easier to get on with than the Robbins books. And for me, the again, it was with all of these things. It's if you treat it like it's a golden bullet and it's going to solve everything, it probably isn't. Are there some tools, some techniques, a way of thinking that can massively change your life and someone else's i probably use this stuff well i I know i do ever since then i've used it every single day in some small way even if it's just to catch my own thought processes it's giving me the ability to think thoughts that are those that are more likely to to lead to my success rather than the ones that are more likely to lead to my demise which is what i was doing beforehand right yes yes and i think that's the bit is All of these courses, 
Well, they wouldn't be successful if they didn't give you a few tools that worked. And there is something in there. Do you need these courses to be successful? No. You can do it through books. You can do it in different ways. Will going on a course accelerate your learning? Yes. You'll get an experience that you were surprised. I think where the danger comes and what we've seen in the past, Simon, is the dodgy sales techniques that end up with people putting £20,000 worth of debt on their credit card to get a course they're desperate for that they think will fix their lives. And that is dangerous, seriously dangerous. And I think I want to put a, a very, very strong stake in the ground and say, do not go into debt for any of this stuff. Do not. You should only buy a course or something like that if you can afford it. If you can't afford it, there is plenty of free advice on YouTube, on podcasts, and in all different locations that you can start with. Have a voracious hunger for learning. And if it goes well and you earn some money and you want to accelerate it, then buy a course. But never, ever, ever, ever go into debt. Did you just say the word voracious? I can't get quite get past that for a second. <laughs> of all the things I said about not going into debt and the message, and all you heard was voracious. Be voracious about not getting into debt. Does that work? I think I said be voracious about your learning. Okay. Um, yes. Now I feel like we need to go back and listen to it. Anyway, like I think that is an important point, Simon, about the cost of these courses. So let's talk about T. Harvecker and Millionaire Mind Intensive. Let's go there because there are some very strongly used sales tactics there to persuade you to spend some big money, some very big money. But the course itself, Millionaire Mind Intensive is his, he calls it his signature program. It's like his first three-day course. Normally it's free, but you can spend £100 or 150 bucks upgrading to get the course notebook and a special seat. So it's a very cheap three-day course about the mindset of being wealthy and a millionaire. Now, we've both been on this one. You've been on this one, haven't you, Simon? No, I haven't. No, I've not done this one. I've got the book, but I've not been on the course. Interesting. So I got Henry, Liam, and a few of the pop-up team to go as well, and I know it's had an incredible impact on them. It's one that Katie and I did in the very early days, and it changed the way we thought about money. And one of the foundational elements is dealing with your beliefs about money. And he has this... I actually found mine the other day. He does a survey at the start and there's 72 beliefs about money and you have to rate whether you agree or disagree on a big scale. And then you do the same thing at the end to see if those have shifted. And there's things like it takes money to make money. Money is the root of all evil. If I'm going to be rich, I have to screw over other people. If money gets involved, it removes creative juices. You can't be creative and make money. There's lots of these beliefs in there that it tackles. And then he goes through and gives you a system of how to manage your money. And actually, I got incredible value for this course. Incredible value. Well, it's, it's the free one. Obviously, you did. But the reason he does this is this is part of his funnel. It's the incredible free offer that he gives away to get you in the room to sell you the next courses. And that's actually the purpose of it. So whenever I've recommended this course, I say to people, go, you will get value. Do not buy any of the other stuff and expect to be sold to, sold to, sold to. I have been on to one of his further courses and went on one of those called Gorilla Business Intensive. And 
I did get great value out of it. It's a very smart course and there are value in these courses, but you've got to be really careful. Like some of the sales tactics that they use. So imagine you're in a big hotel training room. There's three and a half, four thousand people around you. The guy on stage has been running a course. It's been valuable. He gets to the end of the session before the first break and he says, right, I've got an offer for you. Here's the offer. And he spends 20 minutes building up this book as it is the system to get wealthy. It will teach you everything you need to know. It's a repeatable system. Like he sells it beyond belief. Then he goes, normally it's 20 pounds, 20 bucks. And I was thinking, well, books don't cost that much. And he said, but today I've bought some with me from America. I've got 300 copies that I was able to fit in the suitcases. They're available now. I'm going to sell them at five pounds each. If you want a copy, you better run to the back of the room now because they are going to be gone. There's 4,000 of you and I only bought 300 copies. And you see people going, oh, this book sounds amazing and it's £5 is a good price. So there's hundreds, if not thousands of people running to the back of the room to try and get this book. He has just created scarcity. I sat there on my seat and said, do I have to run? And I pulled out my phone and looked on Amazon and I could get it for four ninety nine, brand new, delivered to my house the next day. <laughs> so I stayed in my seat, but everyone else was running to the back. And I thought what was really interesting was he was training the audience that if he said there is a limited number, there actually is. And 3,000 odd people in that room got disappointed that they could not buy the book for £5. And the next time he said... Okay, there's a course. I only have 50 spaces. There's 4,000 of you here. It's normally 20 grand. I'm doing it 1997 today. If you do not go now, they will be gone in seconds. Now, this is false scarcity because he would run as many courses as he sold, I'm sure. But it's really interesting. Those sales tactics and how they drive desire within you are scary, very scary. But a bit like you, I just used it as an opportunity to learn how to sell. Yeah. The thought you just triggered, Alan, two things. One is you're probably going to say you shouldn't go into debt to do these courses. Have you ever said that before? <laughs> Never, ever, ever go into debt to do these courses, ever. Andrew, do not edit that lower in volume. That needs to remain loud. <laughs> I guess the other bit is the language that some folk use when they say like, this is the course that I need to get to fix the stuff that I need to fix. Right. And I think if you go into these things thinking that the course is going to fix it for you, then you're already wasting your money because actually the thing is really setting you up for the action that you're going to take. And if you're not prepared to follow through, if you're not prepared to make the notes, make decisions, follow through and apply immediately what you've learned, it doesn't matter how much money you spend on the thing. The thing isn't going to deliver for you what you want, right? Absolutely. It's not the course that's going to fix it. The course is going to give you some ideas and you've got to go out there and do the hard work, which is why I think these get rich quick schemes that sell. I mean, we went to one last November. We went to a course. It was in Birmingham. The reason we went was to see Gary Vaynerchuk present. They would not tell you at what time he was presenting because they wanted you to sit through all the sales pitches beforehand. So we sat through these sales pitches and one of them was about trading. And it was basically all you need to know is these two numbers and you just click one button and you make thousands of pounds. And he was selling a get rich quick scheme. And 
people are attracted to methods of making money of where they don't have to work. And I would like to say to all of you listening to this, there are no get rich quick schemes. You've got to do the work. You've got to put in the time, which is why Simon and I talk about picking a subject you actually enjoy. Because if you've got to do the work, it might as well be on something you enjoy. Yeah, I love that, Alan. There's a couple of things that just went through my head. So when you go back to your experiences with Guerrilla Business Intensive and the MMI and UPW, just give me some examples if you can think of those things that you went and did immediately after the course, just as an example of, because you're the guy that reads the book, makes the notes, experiments with the things, even if they're uncomfortable and then makes them happen. And I've learned that from you. And I think, what's the stuff that you did post those things that had the biggest impact, do you think? I think I came off the NLP course with all these ideas about belief and language. And I was actually doing a pitch for the company I worked with at the time about using our product. And it was a fairly big pitch. And I immediately took the language patterns I'd learned in the NLP course and put them into my PowerPoint presentation and said them at that next presentation. And I remember one of the things they talk about is speaking in the positive and using uh, the whole element, they said, using positive commands and being strong with what you're saying and the way you say it. And I immediately put it into that presentation. And we won, I think it was a £5 million contract over five years. And who knows? I might have won it anyway. We might have got it anyway, but I don't know. But I immediately put that into action. Every time I do this, the first thing I do is go, where can I apply it? What can I do? And I don't even have to finish the course. I start writing the email there and then in the room and go, can we do it before we leave? Is it possible? And you know that, Simon. I will have launched it by the time we get out there. It's all part of your charm, Alan. So look, you mentioned Gary V. Yes. So Gary Vaynerchuk, I would say, actually, let's talk about Tim Ferriss in the same sort of bit here, because... I think between Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk, the conversations that that spark between you and I is actually what led to Pop-Up Business School and ultimately the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. Because I think I said to you, read that book, it's going to blow your head. And it was the four hour work week. And then you introduced me to Gary Vaynerchuk's content. What do you think about those guys now? Because they've got, obviously, you know, Gary V is on everything. We've got a podcast for Tim Ferriss and the books that he's done for our work week, for our body and so on. What do you think about when you think about those two guys and the impact that they've had and and how would you frame the stuff that they've got for us and for all of the listeners? So I'd say there are moments of genius in both of what they do. Unbelievable moments of genius. Gary Vaynerchuk has had a huge impact on my focus and my career and his speak of hustle, energy, making things done. Nearly all of his content is free. I've read all his books. They're how he speaks. I really enjoyed them. Crushing It is a fantastic, fantastic book about how to build a social media brand. And I actually found Gary Vaynerchuk through Tony Robbins. I brought the Tony Robbins Ultimate Business Mastery System. Cost me thousands of pounds for a DVD set. And he was one of the speakers. Gary Vaynerchuk's content is online. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere. I would say, listen to some of his keynote speeches. If you want to build a business... If you want to know about social media, he has incredible content and you cannot help but be inspired. Tim Ferriss is a similar thing. Like His podcast is completely free. His book, The 4-Hour Body, helped me lose four to five stone and transformed my body 
and help me to feel healthy. The four-hour work week, whilst I've never been able to implement his concept of a muse where you can only work four hours a week, the tools and techniques he has in there have helped me build incredible businesses. I think the four-hour week is a little bit of a myth for me. I've not found a version of that. I've not really met many entrepreneurs who actually do that and make money. But the concepts and ideas are excellent and will help you build incredible businesses. So I would dive in and soak up their information. I think they're both fabulous, Simon. I think what uh, I got a bit put off by Gary V for a period of time. I got super excited by in the early days. And then with the whole hustle stuff, I think that just frustrated me a little bit. It kind of switched me off. But I have to say in the last 18 months, two years, I've been all over it. Everything that he's putting out on Instagram, I watch all of his videos and I think they're phenomenal and they just spark different ideas. I think Tim Ferriss was the other way around. And actually, no, I think it was a similar thing, you know, cherry picking the bits that work for you and cherry picking the stuff. Because I think if you, I got a bit overwhelmed with all this stuff because there's so much of it. You go, how oh, does this guy even keep up? No, no. So I, I'm down that sort of cherry picking route now. And I think, you know, listening to the episodes of the podcast that will inspire you because you read the little bit and you go, okay, yeah, I want to hear Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what I want to do. And it's one of his older episodes. But I came off of that feeling absolutely pumped. And that led me on to other things. The two Arnold Schwarzenegger episodes on the Tim Ferriss podcast are incredible. And hearing Arnold Schwarzenegger tell the story of how he became a millionaire before he became a movie star so that he could choose the roles that worked for him, his mindset, his way of thinking, like that just inspired so many ideas and thoughts. He's incredible. And it's free information. Forget buying a course. Just listen to those two episodes. That's a brilliant place to start. But you're right. Four-hour work week, four-hour body had a big impact. Then he released Tools of Titans with this massive book. And I read about the first two chapters and then went, I'm never going to implement all this in my life and gave up. And actually couldn't read that book, put it away and went back to listening to the podcast episodes that made a difference. And I think this is where we come to. There are courses you can buy and there is free information. But to listen to the 200 plus, 300 plus episodes of the Tim Ferriss podcast, that's a multi-year project to do that. Or you can buy the top book on self-development. Like if you want one book on finance, buy X book. If you want one book on personal development, read this book. And you can read that book in a few hours. And this, I think, is where you get to the condensed version of this information can be highly effective in helping us. So Simon, there's actually a huge amount of things on our list that we never actually got to talk about because we've done so much self-development over the period. But look, the time has flown. What are your closing thoughts for people about courses, CD sets, books and self-development? What would you say to our audience about this world and where's best to get going? One of the things that's held me back, Alan, is looking for the the golden bullet, the, you know, I haven't got time to consume all of this stuff. So just give me the thing that's the right thing. And actually that really doesn't exist because we all want different things. We're all at different stages in our life and we all learn in different ways. So it's just your best guess of what format and what kind of thing that you want to explore next. That would be my first thought. My second thought is for it to become a habit. I can track my bank balance to the times in my life when I've been reading avidly or I've been listening regularly to podcasts. You could look at my bank balance. You could do a chart of my happiness, my well-being when I'm consuming this stuff. And I think 
you know, doing it as a habit rather than what I used to do in the early days was get really pumped for all of it, read everything, listen to everything, and then get completely overwhelmed because I can't process it all and I can't implement it all in the same time. And I think recognizing that little and often, this is the thing that is probably going to help you get to the next step, move on, create the next version of yourself, your best guess of which format excites you to go for next. And also knowing that it might not be a podcast or a video or a book or even a course. It might just be simply hanging out with people that are already doing the stuff that you dream of doing. And that was like our conversation yesterday, Alan, on exactly this stuff. It might not be about what you watch, what you read, what you listen to. It can also be about who you hang out with. It absolutely can be about who you hang out with. That's one of the things. I remember a quote, I can't remember who said it, but you will be the same person tomorrow as you are today, apart from the books you read, the podcasts you listen to, the courses you go on and the people you meet. That's the stuff that's going to create change in your life. But Simon, before we wrap up, there's a course we haven't mentioned. I think there's this scrappy little business school business in England that runs these events around the world that are two weeks long called Pop-Up Business School. I've heard of that. Have you? Have you ever been on one? (laughs) I've been on a couple. I've been on one or two. (laughs) Well, last year we ran, what, 40-something-odd events around the world, 40-odd two-week events. So you can see the scale of the business. It's quite incredible. But Simon, like Pop-Up Business School, what is a Pop-Up Business School event and what can people expect to get out of it? It's the best business course that money can't buy, brackets. It doesn't cost you anything to go and we won't sell you stuff whilst you're there. So we've been talking a lot about how the self-development industry sucks you in with the free course offer and then spends the rest of the time selling you stuff. Yes. We don't need to do that because our business model is completely different. We find sponsors in the communities that we operate in, which means that our motivation for giving you the best business skills, encouragement, inspiration, practical help and information to get a business idea started is all for free and it's packed into this immersive course. So if the pop-up business school is coming to a city or a town near you, check out the events page on our website. Just Google us, we come to the top and you will find the information that you need to get the business ideas focused and started without spending any money. And that's what our course is built on. It's about doing business differently. We won't teach you how to write a business plan because it's the 21st century. You don't need one and you definitely don't need money to start. So if that interests and excites you, we've got lots of help for you on our website and hopefully we're coming to a town or city near you. Yeah, absolutely. And Simon and I built the pop-up business school to be the entrepreneurial education we wished we'd had when we started. That's the whole purpose. And we've spent a long time collating what we feel is the best advice in the business world and we want to give it away for free that's the whole purpose and it's a bit like why we're doing this podcast is to give this stuff away for free we want you to be successful we want you to be able to make your own money doing something you enjoy we want you to take control of your finances and your destiny and create the life you actually dream of and that's the bit you don't have to spend any money you don't have to go into debt you just have to take action and get going So that is episode two, the second part of our mini series on self-development. Episode three, I have JT Fox, the world's number one wealth coach on the show. He's got some fantastic insights and actually he drops a bit of a bombshell right at the start of the call. 
that I was not expecting. So tune into that one to find out that. And episode four, Simon and I are going to go through the seven major areas of life, finance, career, business, relationships, self-development, relationships, contribution giving, fitness, health, all of these different areas of life. And we're going to tell you what's worked for us, what hasn't, what we've tried, what we would recommend. And we're going to look at each of those areas of life in episode four. Thank you for tuning into The Rebel Entrepreneur. And as always, Simon and I just want you to get out there and make it happen. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.